As we move forward from a, uh, a basis of renewed um, love, renewed covenant relationship, and seek to accord, come into, come into line with what God's wanting in this next phase, uh, we're very, very keen, as always, to pick up what God is saying. One of the things he was saying over the weekend uh, was the issue of how he uses what's, what, what he calls the plumb line. It's uh, seeing how we measure up. It's helping, in essence, the plumb line helps in the building process. Many of you understand what it, what it actually is. It's, it's a, a tool to help. And I had purpose, but then there wasn't time because we submit to what God's doing, of course, at all times, <clears throat> to actually cover some of this at the weekend. But uh, I felt because of what God is saying and doing, we need to, to look at this together. So this morning, we're going to look at the uh, functioning of the plumb line in a particular way, which historically we've talked about as being an accountability, uh, how, we, how we measure up and how we help to measure up. And so I want to take a little time uh, to, to go through that. It should be, for many of you, um, not only stuff that you know, but it should be a present practice. But we all know uh, that we, have, uh, we need to help one another uh, from time to time to actually say, wait a minute, this is what we believe, um, to what extent are we actually living in what we believe? And in coming days, I think that we'll be particularly wanting to pick up how we practice what we actually believe. And I never, ever want to be in a place where we talk about something that we don't actually do. Uh, I think the whole issue of integrity, which we heard um, from Hannah's experience, which we heard in the things that reports from the weekend, this openness and honesty and doing what we say and meaning what we say and saying what we mean is all part of walking in a way which is pleasing to God. And therefore, we don't ever want to be in a situation where we talk one thing, but kind of our practice is rather different. And so I'm going to come back on that. And to help us in that, we'll start off with a little sketch. Look, um he looked as miserable as Andy Murray, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that guy's got a great ability to look serious. Um, I remember way, way, way back, it just comes back to me, you know, when I was in the Pentecostal church, where very much the, the, the pastor was about the meetings and the prayers and things like that. And bless his heart, he tried to tell me something about me or about my lifestyle. And uh, I can remember being so totally offended. You know, I don't mind him telling me about prayer and the meetings or something in the Bible, but how dare he tell me that I don't need to be uh, out so late at night or something of, of that realm. 
Of course, he didn't realize, and I didn't realize, what he was doing was actually uh, seeking to, to serve me, or maybe he did realize, in a more holistic way, to help me uh, do better uh, and to achieve the goals that I was seeking to achieve in a better way. And I was, I was offended because I didn't want that level of, I suppose we'd call it accountability. I didn't want him to be telling me about uh, my nocturnal activities. Uh, you can only, it's restricted. And of course, moved on an awful lot from that point, coming to realize that uh, part of the joy of having real relationship and being engaged uh, in a love relationship with one another is that we're not restricted to particular areas. And the accountability actually comes not from somebody who imposes it, but from somebody who seeks it. Uh, you can't impose accountability. I've seen that. Uh, people try to do that. And it's a, it's a one-way ticket to nowhere. It has to come from the individual uh, seeking it. And uh, um, in essence, what we were looking at there was uh, seeking the support of somebody else uh, to actually do better. Um, if you like, in life, we're talking perhaps to become more Christ-like, uh, and then resisting it at every step. You know, with the, the way he held the racket being corrected, he didn't want to be corrected how he held the racket. Um, he was resentful at the suggestion that he didn't live. Um, he was no longer a footballing family. He was trying to play uh, tennis. And then he took that as, a, as an assault on his family background. Uh, again, one of the ways of defencing, uh, being defensive. Um, and then he didn't want him to watch his serve. It meant... He, he only wanted to show him the bits that he could do, not, not the areas of weakness where he really needed help. Then he resented being pushed when he was running backwards and forwards. Uh, no, I, 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 only want, I don't want any accountability that takes me beyond my comfort zone. In other words, I, I, I kind of want it in, in theory, uh, but I don't want it in practice. Uh, I don't want anything... It's like... You lead me while uh, you're going in the direction I want to go. You know, it's a, it's a kind of very limited way. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, I suppose if you're going to real, be real with people, if you're going to walk with integrity, if you're going to really care for them, if you're really going to love them, if you're really going to operate with some measure of accountability you will get, from time to time, probably the response that um, Andy got from his uh, progeny, uh, namely a kind of backlash. I don't like you, I don't like what you're doing, uh, your, your attitude. See, in essence, love means that you don't back off because you don't get a, a sweet response. In, in the issue of uh, being prepared to lay down our lives. It's, no, it's not about the response that we get. 
If it's about response we get, then it, it reduces the whole thing to a kind of natural level. You know, it's about being nice and uh, it's all external stuff, it's not real. And then, of course, finally, we saw that there were areas like what he had to eat. That, no, I don't want you, I don't want you speaking into, uh, I, I like my beer, uh, and that's what I'm choosing to have. You know, beer over banana any day. So, um, we're, we're not talking about superficial stuff. We don't deal with the superficial. We deal with the, with the real. So let's have a little look. <coughs> um, uh, so we, we bring it back and understand the biblical basis. Please understand, what we're talking about is essentially a God-designed help to achieve our goals or do our job better or get to where we're wanting to go. That, that's in essence, if we keep that in our thinking. I've, I've heard it described, we were talking the other day, um, about an additional, this is an additional channel of grace, a provision from God. Um, and it's important that we keep it in that, in that understanding and see that it has to be something, if I want to... Uh, engage and receive the benefit of accountability, then it's me that has to come for it. It's no good uh, Neil saying, right, I'm going to hold John accountable. I have to be decide that I want to ask him to help me by being accountable to him. It's always got to be that way. And of course, I don't know how many times I could, would, or would want to say this, it always as all things pertaining to the kingdom, has to be from the heart. Of course, it's worked out in all, in all sorts of different ways. Um, and we, in the kingdom of God, we, we have a flexibility in this. Um, I think, I can't remember if I did recently, but I know from time to time I've talked about Bob Baker when he came amongst us, because that, that was a real um, learning opportunity for him and for, for us. Uh, he, Bob was accountable under God to bring that school from a failing school into a successful school, and in fact, to this very day. I mean, the, the dramatic turnaround means that it's still uh, a successful school. And we had, it's a strange sort of thing, we had an accountability to him, to support him in that, but he had an accountability to us in the context of his life. Now, it wasn't worked out in how many meetings he attended. It was worked out in the openness of his life. And Bob would open, he was very successful at what he was doing, but he was very open in terms of what was happening, not only within the school, but within his life. Now, when you think, um, here's Bob Baker, successful head, expressing often, um, but not exclusively, his primary accountability to me, who left school at 16, 
has the lowest possible view of education, um, probably thinks it's all a waste of time anyway, it doesn't make a lot of sense any more than when I was the director of a computer training school when I didn't actually know how to switch one on or off. <laughs> yeah, I use these things to say, look, this is not about how much knowledge or skill we have in a given area. This is about a heart thing. And the heart of it was this, that we were committed to Bob to help him in what God was calling him to do. And that was a kind of accountability. When he said, uh, uh, I remember him calling and saying, John, and it was always in that kind of staccato sort of way. It, it, we laughed with him about it. John, uh, we got a problem. Uh, um, we've got, uh, what was it? It was vandalism. Was it van vandalism? We've got vandalism in the school. We need to fix it. Right, Bob, okay. Um, yes, so uh, we're going to pray around the school. Okay, so um, what transpired was that we were going to go and pray um, on a Saturday morning. And I can't think, there was somebody else with me. I have been Derek Reynolds or somebody, I can't remember anybody, somebody with me. And uh, I'm thinking, you know, school, we walk down the corridors and pray. And, and I wasn't even a great believer in that. I was just exercising, you know, something in my kind of accountability to see him into what he God had called him to do. But what I didn't realize that we were going to go round the outside of the school in the absolute pouring rain, <laughs> praying all round it, because Bob had got this fixed. But I tell you what, that was the end of vandalism. I mean, just finished. That, that it, was, it, it wasn't an issue from that point on. And that was just one thing. I, I'm, I'm wanting you to understand that we're not talking about a nice theory. We're not talking about um, an unpleasant practice. We're talking about what God does in his way, in his world, in order to help us. He uses us towards one another in the fulfillment of what he calls us to do. Now, we see <coughs> much mention of it in the Bible. In Matthew 25, in the parable of talents, uh, we see uh, the accountability for what has been committed, the, the, uh, the different numbers of, of talents given. Um, in Romans 14, we see that uh, there will come a time when we give an account to God. Um, same in 2 Corinthians, talks about an account uh, for the deeds done in the flesh. Uh, Hebrews 13 talks about leaders who must give an account. That's always a bit sobering for those of us that are leaders, um, that we have to give an account. Uh, and uh, that's not there just um, for interest's sake. That's there like everything God says because he actually means what he says. So that becomes very important. In the outworking of it, you see in Acts how Paul at one stage, having been sent out from Antioch, reports back to Antioch. That's kind of like even we do today. In fact, what we've been doing even this morning, we report back. We're sent out to Peru in this instance and report back, give an account, open to, to questions and, and requests for more detail as well as requests for prayer. Then he reported back also to Jerusalem 
uh, in that appropriate time. We see in Luke 9 how the disciples reported back. So <clears throat> right through the scripture, you see the principle of uh, accountability. So we know it's there in the Bible. It provides a kind of reference point. Where am I now? Where do I want to get to? Where am I therefore going to go next? And what steps must I take to get there? I think it's a very, very helpful thing. Um, I sat down some, a long time ago with somebody that was going to help me um, with, with my time because of the pressures of time and, and uh, what the outcomes of that. And he started off by saying, uh, what are your priorities? And I listed my priorities and he stopped me and he said, show me your diary. So I showed him my diary, he said, this, that's your priorities. You might have theories about what you're doing, but in reality, your present priorities are reflected there. What was happening? He pulled me up short because I was submitting and gaining the benefit of being accountable in that situation. Now, I could have argued, resisted, explained, justified. Not a lot of point because... Um, He's not trying to win an argument. He's there under God to help me define and pursue priorities. I was making myself accountable into how I got there. Obviously, in all these things, they are informed uh, by what God is saying uh, and what God is requiring. This is not about, well, in the past we did it like this or about a reputation or an experience, and we saw that particularly, I think, in the sketch. What we're really looking at here is God-inspired faith goals. That sense of purpose being translated into something which is definable, uh, measurable. Um, and that, that's what delivers us from this vague sort of thing. You know, remember in the early days in, in Dominica, um, in Delice. I always remember staying with uh, Gilbert Nestor and uh, they had to get the water in buckets and bring it up from the well or the stream. And he always, I said, this is, this is quite hard work. He said, yes, I'm going to build a, um, a cistern. Uh, I'm building a cistern. I thought it was strange the next time I went there was maybe a year later, he said the same thing. See, basically, he had an idea, he had a plan, but it had never been translated into a specific goal. I'm going to do this in such a way by such a time. And there wasn't the accountability uh, that was being... I'm sure his wife was nagging at him, but that's not the same as accountability, where he commits to a certain purpose and somebody stands with him and helps him to work it through. So, accountability of the heart. It requires a number of things. It requires an agreement. No point in accountability, which is just becomes another word for argument, uh, is an agreement together about a certain course of action. Uh, if it's a heart thing, then there's got to be a relationship. Uh, I'm not talking about just a task thing. In your work situation, you're accountable to the boss. That's about uh, a task being achieved. We're talking far more. We're talking about 
the, the type of uh, representation of Christ about how we are, not just what we do. Although what we do may be a part of it, but it's really about how we are. So relationship, real interest. Again, it goes beyond the kind of master-servant thing, which can just be restricted to getting the job done. The real interest is in development. In order for it to work, and that comes back to something we've already touched on quite a bit this morning, there has to be openness, has to be integrity, has to be a willingness to be vulnerable. Uh, otherwise, accountability doesn't work. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is, most of us have a degree of skill that enables us, if we want to, to pull the wool over people's eyes. It's not necessarily a good skill, but most of us have, living in the world that we do, have developed some measure of that. So it's not about that. It's about being open. And then difficult to know where you're going or whether you've got there unless there's some actual goals, you know. Imagine watching the premiership and removing the goalposts. I know sometimes looking at some teams you think that they've forgotten that there's goalposts, but generally speaking the goalposts are there. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be ridiculous? All that effort uh, and, and what we're we going for? What's the purpose? To that end, I think we have to be willing to um, feedback, to report back, uh, accept correction and adjustment, ask questions. Um, and of course, because it's about how we are, there has to be an agreement of the actual values that we're working to. Because I know that you'll be agreeing with this, because I know that um, most people will say, you know, this is what we want, this is what we believe in, this is what we should be living in. I just want to take a moment to just refer to some of the reasons why we might kind of slip away from it or be tempted into, in some way, uh, resisting it. Uh, because if we work, as we do, on the basis that the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. We have to be prepared to help one another even when we think, you know, there's a kind of, we're deviating from what we really think and believe. So we might resist uh, the practice of accountability uh, if we miss out on the issue of heart commitment um, and end up with a, a desire for an outward acceptance. That can lead to uh, saying the right things, um, the things that you want somebody to hear rather than really where it's at. I always remember driving in, uh, in Zimbabwe. It's a long drive sitting in the back of this truck. And uh, when each time I said, uh, and all I wanted to know was, how, how much longer? And I wouldn't say, are we nearly there yet, Daddy? It wasn't that. It was, it was really how much longer? I'm probably deciding if I needed to uh, stop and use the facilities or something like that. But each time, the answer was, we're nearly there. I thought, in the end, I realized what the guy was doing was telling me what, I th what he thought I wanted to hear rather than what was actually 
the case. Uh, looking for an outward response. God wants a heart commitment. If I take... Let's say... Um, <clears throat> let's say... Uh, um, I'm Mark, and responsible for, for worship. If he takes a kind of, um, that's mine, that's my area, uh, an ownership rather than a stewardship or servant responsibility, when I go to him and say, Mark, I want this or I feel that, there would be a resistance because this is my area, uh, I own this, um, I'm not wanting to have any interference. Countability works out a lot better when we understand that we're stewards, not owners. Um, and we're focusing on serving God and therefore serving one another rather than on a particular task. And of course, if we're just doing something because it's our duty or we're just wanting to get the job done, we're not very open to inputs and help in that. Equally, if we're using something as a, a, a route to get somewhere for our own personal achievement, again, being accountable doesn't really uh, appeal in something like that. So we're saying then accountability uh, has to come from the fundamental basis that we are obedient to the Lord, that we want to do what God wants, that we are submitted to his lordship. And of course, we, we all understand that that has an outworking. <coughs> uh, because if I say, uh, I do what Jesus says, uh, Neil, who the heck do you think you are? I'm basically saying that uh, I have this kind of personal involvement with God and I don't receive him or anybody else that God gives to me. And uh, that's not biblical. Uh, it has no place. Uh, this idea that I can be in isolation, that I don't need the body, that I operate in independence, that I have uh, some relationship with God that does not extend to a relationship with you, is, as we've seen quite a lot recently as we looked at it, has no biblical basis. It's, uh, it sounds okay, it sounds sort of super spiritual, but it's a cop-out and uh, it's, it misses the essential truth. So accountability comes from the very basis of wanting to be obedient to the Lord and get all the help that I can to enable me to do that. And of course, there has to be a desire to go somewhere. Uh, it's, you know that phrase, a lot easier to steer a moving vessel. Uh, basically, a desire to go somewhere uh, a future that, that looks better than where I am at the present time, something that we know that God is leading us towards, something to which I'm prepared to persevere, uh, and um, a clear sense of, yes, I want to get there in God. And then, of course, it has to have somebody who's willing to exercise that accountability, somebody who's willing to care, to get involved, to help, and, uh, and see you through and see those things achieved. Um, the opposite is we're just left to get on with it uh, best way you can. And that's, 
That's not in the plan and purpose of God. So, clear uh, understanding and also the opportunity to gain that help and input. And again, it's the responsibility. If I'm looking for accountability, then I have to uh, reach out to somebody and make myself accountable. It can be done um, willingly, uh, where there's a, a, a readiness to respond in cooperation, or it can be done grudgingly, which frankly is pointless, um, where uh, somehow accountability only works if it's got teeth, and that really isn't what we're talking about in terms of the kingdom of God. It's not a structural positioning, it's a faith position, it's a heart response. It's not a job someone has to do, it's a calling. It's a, uh, it starts from that scripture in Exodus 21, where uh, the slave or the servant says, I choose not to go out. Uh, and the Bible talks about taking that slave to the doorpost and piercing his ear and uh, making that mark as someone who chose freely, even though he had the opportunity to submit to that lordship of Christ and authority. So, it's not a question of discussing terms. It's a willingness to sacrifice in any way that's necessary. It's not about how do I get an easier life or passage. It's about being motivated by faith and destiny and vision, uh, something that we want to go for. And I believe that that's something that God wants for us each to have. Don't ever sign off. You know? If God's not finished, let us not finish. It's very, very important that we don't get to a point where we think, oh, well, that's done now. But if you do get to that point, for goodness sake, go to heaven, you know, or wherever, you know, heaven or heaven come to you or whatever it may be, you know. It, I don't want as, a, as individuals or a company of people to get to a place where we just say, oh, well, we're just kind of, you know. You ever been to one of those, like, retirement areas? You know, sort of seaside places where people go and retire. I remember walking around one of those once, and it was utterly depressing. I thought, all these people doing nothing, just waiting to die. How... How utterly sad. You know, all these nice you know, bungalows and gardens and things like that. Um, and, and just, I thought, dear Lord, what a, what a futility. You go to work, you work all your life, you have a couple of events in life, you get married, your kids get married, it's all, and then that's it. God has, not, God has delivered us from that. We are the children of the Most High God. We're called for the purpose of demonstrating God in the earth. We're a supernatural people. We're entrusted with the very thoughts of God. The idea of just living life in the natural. The idea of losing a sense of purpose or vision. That is not what God has destined for you. God has destined, when he called you and gave the life of his one and only son for you, he called you uh, to himself. He called you to be part 
together with him of the extending of the kingdom. He called you, first of all, that you should be his, that you should belong to him. Not just so that you should be a kind of functionary, but so you should belong to him and enjoy that relationship. And out of that relationship, that we should have an actual purpose. That our purpose, it can be very, very varied. We talked last weekend about building Nehemiah, building a great wall, a great purpose, building a wall from which he couldn't come down. We are about the purpose of God. Whatever it means, however it works out, the idea of just sitting and coasting and, and, and just being there is completely contrary to what God wants. He's a people of purpose, a people who realize that we're placed here, equipped in the power of the Holy Spirit to demonstrate the very per person of Almighty God himself. There is no higher calling, ambassadors of the Most High God. There is no place. There is no place higher than that. And I, I, the idea that we would ever be lulled or trapped into a thing that says, oh, well, we, you know, it's nice and we, you know, we come together and we, you know, we just, you know, and that's it. If perchance you find yourself in that, absolutely no, that's not what God has got for you. Absolutely no, that there is a different and better place that God has already willed. These great works that he's created us to do. These things which are expressions of him. It's a very, very good thing. If you find you're in such a situation at any time that you say, Lord, I don't wish to be here. I turn from this place. I turn to be restored into the privilege of being a servant of the Most High God with a sense of purpose and a sense of vision. Going somewhere. God deliver us from just doing things. We're going somewhere. We're about a purpose, and that's what God wants for us corporately and individually. The Bible says in Psalm 110, in the day of your power, in the moving of the Holy Spirit, your people will be willing. There's a, there's a kind of poised readiness. God's Holy Spirit stirs us. There's a, a readiness. It is not cons, it's not conscripts. This is about people uh, volunteering into the purpose of God. Of course, we have to know that know that He loves us and know that we're loved. I don't want to be exercising accountability to somebody I don't think loves me. I'm, I'm, let me express that in a different way. Has got my best interests at heart, is looking for my uh, development. Now, looking for my development may mean they have to clash with me or correct me or whatever, but essentially I got to believe, that's, that's why, you know, the very basis to these things is a whole issue which we come back to a covenant relationship. Got to believe that there's, there's someone that actually has the very best uh, interests at heart. It's about the heart. And that's the thing that counts, that we're actually coming to him. Oh, yeah, things can look uh, very, very much the same on the outside, but God looks at the heart. It's the heart that he's concerned with. It's not an external compliance. It's about what God wants. And it has to be a response 
from deep inside so that we exercise primarily the accountability to God. If I say to Neil, Neil, I'm, I want to be accountable to you, that is the same as saying, I choose, Lord, to express my accountability to you. I believe that you've given that him to me for that. You say, what, instead of God, no, 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 no. Does that mean I can only hear from him? No, of course not. We aren't talking that silliness. We're talking about what God additionally gives us as an added means of grace in order to achieve what he wants. See, have a little thought. Have you made yourself accountable? In making yourself accountable, does the person who you've made yourself accountable to know what the next step is that you're looking for? Know what your faith goals are? Have they challenged you at all about where are you going? Have they challenged you about what is stirring in your heart before God? That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about have you paid your tithe? I mean, they may say that as part of it, but it's not, it's not like here's God's sort of special police force. You know? It's about here's what God gives us to help us, to help us fulfill what we actually called to do. Does that sound good? We're going to come back and spend a bit of time in worship, you know, but as we do that, let's just review for a minute. Accountability. We can focus on, oh, well, hmm, I'd have to straighten up on this and I hope they don't ask me about that. Yeah, there's that side of it. But you know the thing that is really stirring with me is this issue of vision and purpose. Accountability. Who are you? Is there someone? Of course I know you transact this stuff primarily with God but it's in the plan of God and in the word of God that there is a, um, in the same way as he is the great shepherd, but there are those he calls to shepherd us. It's the same thing. It's part of shepherding, actually. If you find that you are in a situation where somewhere the issue of vision has kind of, you know, got blurred, can I suggest that while we come to God at this time, we come in worship that we actually exercised in that. Lord, to renew and restore or perhaps give more than ever before a sense of how can I be accountable if I don't know, haven't got a goal, don't know where I'm going. What am I here for? Let's take that as one thing. And let's take the other thing from earlier on. You know, we don't want to just come and sing some songs. We want to transact business with God. And the thing from earlier on was, let the Holy Spirit show you. If you have received or believed a lie, that you feel something 
that people may, you know, no, that's what they think about me. Let the Holy Spirit show you and see that there's an opportunity to confess that and deal with that and see that broken. Because that, we are discovering, would be a big, big barrier to the outworking of what God is calling us to with a new level of covenant relationship. So two specific things. Am I being clear? Are you understanding? Check with the person next to you that they've understood by asking them, what are the two things that I'm supposed to be doing during worship? See if you get a good answer. If you get a good answer, put your hand up. If you get a bad answer, I shall see. Who got a good answer, clear answer? Hands up. Hands up so I can see. I can't see half. What does this mean? What, what does this mean? Who got, let me try again. Who got a clear answer so you know the person knew the two things they should be doing during this worship? Hmm. Hmm. What shall I do to help those of you that didn't? <laughs> Neil, Neil just recommended you be obliterated. <laughs> I'm shocked at that coming from Neil. Right, he's going to say something. Sometimes God speaks to us before the meeting when we gather to pray. And today we had a very clear sense of um, there being some gates that you might have been used to seeing that were locked. And, um, and God, uh, was in the picture that the person saw, the gates had been unlocked. And he was inviting us to go in and, and have a look round. Now for some of you, I think accountability has been a bit like that. It's been something that you've looked at and thought, well, that would be a nice idea. It works for them. God's saying, I've unlocked those gates. I've unlocked those gates. You can go in. You can have a look around. There's a whole new, another part of the picture. Was it was as if we'd been looking at something that was a two-dimensional shape. And God was saying, there's a whole new dimension. There's a whole depth to this thing that you've never seen. Go in through those gates have a look round. Look at the extent of what I have for you. It's there for you. So as we worship, I just felt that would be a good thing to just pick up on this time. You know, you might be looking at these gates, but God's saying they're open. You don't have to stand and look through. Step through. All right. Thanks, Neil, for that. Uh, I've thought of what to do for those of you who have not got clear. And that is... You know, I don't want to go over it again, but let's pray. Because really these things are, they're, they're accessed spiritually. 
Lord, we ask that you would now help so that we could all enter into this, in these two things. One where we've lost vision, don't have vision, sense of purpose, that you would, you would both help us to realise that, but also that you would quicken something afresh within us. And Lord, grant us, therefore, that desire for accountability to achieve that. And Lord, where the enemy, as we know and has been revealed, has sown these internal lies that cause us to have a wrong understanding of how we are perceived and how we're seen, we invite you now, Lord, just to touch on those things in our hearts even as we worship you so that we may have the opportunity to confess them and see that thing broken Lord we've long since come to understand we even use the phrase when it's raining pray for rain Lord we see you doing something in these days and therefore we ask you to do it and particularly in this area of the exposing of internalized lies that we may be released into the fullness of your purpose and into the moving into that preferable future, that vision that you have. In Jesus' name.